everyone. Welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily, and I'm here with Chase. What's up? And we are a horror paranormal podcast that likes to scare each other, but most of the time we just make fun of each other. <laughs> so, it's very true. Uh, very true. But yeah, we're here to have a good time, and it's October still, and I'm very excited for this episode because we're going to also be talking about our calendar thing at the end of the episode. Don't worry, you're not going to be caught up in the wind of it unless you want to. Yeah, I'm always down with the spooky atmosphere that comes with October, but I'm going to be totally honest with you, after the heat we had this summer, I don't think I've ever been this excited for cold weather. <laughs> like, I'm really into the cold weather. I've been leaving the window open at night, waking up, and Lily's freezing her butt off, but I'm just like, this is heaven. So it's pretty awesome. We also tend to decorate, so our house is kind of full of Halloween decorations at the moment. Uh, it's been pretty awesome watching movies surrounded by candles, skulls, and houseplants wielding bloody axes. So My little Franklin has a little bloody axe. It's cute. Yeah, her, her the one houseplant she takes care of is a serial killer. <laughs> All my houseplants are, I guess, potential victims. Yeah, so. yeah. But as uh, as you just mentioned, and our return listeners know, here at Hair of the Wolf, we do 31 days of horror movies throughout the entire month of October. We posted the calendar a few weeks back on our Instagram account, and you can see it there. So if you're interested, go check it out. I'm thrilled to say that not only have we been better than ever with keeping up with it this year, missing nothing, but so have lots of our friends and other listeners. We have loved hearing your guys' thoughts on the films that we have seen. Shout out to Sean, who has probably been the most persistent in keeping up with the list. (laughs) We are about halfway through the month, so at the end of the episode, as you said, we are going to talk about pretty much the first half of them. But it'll be after the stories, so Mm -hmm. don't worry. If all you want is the stories, you can stop then to avoid any potential spoilers or anything like that. Um, I know Lily's drinking. I I made her a weird mixed drink, which is like black currant and soda water and vodka and ice in a nice little cauldron mug. I have a cauldron mug, yes, and it's very cute. It's a little it's a little sugary, but I'll deal. It's I tried okay. to dilute it, but apparently I didn't do good enough. Well, the instructions are unclear. Apparently you have to have a sugar bomb, is what they're saying. Yeah, and I have learned recently that even though it's very common for Europeans to make fun of Americans and our sweet tooth, we've had a <laughs> lot of stuff from Europe that is just insanely sweet. And this is one of them because it's, uh, I think it's like Ribena, Ribena. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's a black currant soda. I think they're probably referring to the consumption amounts versus whatever. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) so we both have some good stories for you guys today. Uh, So get comfortable or if you're driving to work, be safe and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Be, Be aware. So take it away, Lily. Okay, so this story was a request from one of our listeners, Riley. Mm. I'm so glad she reached out because I've been wanting to do the story as well. So this is for you, Riley. I'm curious. Today we'll be talking about the legendary Queen Mary. Oh. Not the person. The boat. The boat. (laughs) Just in case you didn't know. You can't mention the Queen Mary without me remembering that one movie. What's it called? Ghost Ship? Uh, Oh, yeah. With all the dancers and the... I honestly haven't seen that. Dangerous in Wire. I like forever. that's the only scene in the movie anyone remembers. So like, yeah, good scene. I, guess I don't true. even know if it was a good movie. I don't think it was, but probably not. All right, <laughs> tell me about the Queen Mary. So although it was named after the real Queen Mary, after her husband King George V insisted on it, it was built in the early 1930s, and its first inaugural voyage was from Southampton, England, to New York City on May 27, 1936. A quick description, I'm going to compare it to the Titanic because I feel like most people have seen the movie and probably have a good gauge on its size and feel. And how not to share a floating piece of wood with your partner. 
Also that. <laughs> Real selfish. Uh, the Queen Mary is bigger. Uh, specifically, it's 130 feet longer, 26 feet wider, and 6 feet taller. I mean, like, bigger, but not insanely bigger. It's a big lady. It's a big, it's a big gal. It has an Art Deco design, and like the Titanic, in its time, the boat was an example of peak luxury. It had opulent. Opulent. I like that word. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> it had two cocktail bars, two sw- swimming pools, uh, five dining areas, a ballroom, a library, a hospital, and it was very, very popular among celebrities and politicians. So what do you want to bet with five dining areas, at least one of them sucked? So you're like, you're not, don't eat here. That's this one sucks. One. We got to go to the other one. <laughs> the The caveat is so much finer in the other one. It's so much finer. <laughs> <laughs> in total, the Queen Mary was meant to hold up to 2,140 passengers and 1,100 crew members. But how many people would fit in the lifeboats? All of them. They oh. made sure of it this time. Ah, got to learn some lessons. <laughs> got to huh? learn some lessons. Uh. With World War II at its heels, the luxury liner only lasted three more years before it became a transportation ship for soldiers and prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. It transported more than 15,000 soldiers at a time, a lot more than its intended capacity. Yeah, it sounds full. It's uh, it's like Mardi Gras, but like can of tuna in there. A cool fact, the Queen Mary was painted gray for the war and was faster than any U-boats. Earning its really? nickname, yeah, the Grey Ghost, it was called. That's awesome. I thought so, too. I was like, dang, I didn't really faster than know. Faster than the, the German subs, man. Yeah, wow. so I guess the Queen Mary can reach as high as 32 knots, which is 37 miles per hour. Roughly. It's a nautical miles it's, a little bit different than close. It really is. Close. Yeah, yeah. I had to look it up because I'm like, I don't even know what a knot is. Like, I couldn't even yeah. compare or, like, understand. It's close to a mile. About. It's Yeah. In total, it carried about 800,000 servicemen during the war before returning back to a luxury boat in 1947. Finally, by 1965, it sold to the city of Long Beach, California, where it sailed for two more years before retiring and converting into a hotel. I had to watch the Unsolved BuzzFeed episode, obviously, <laughs> and I learned that Ryan Bergara was 17 when he first visited the Queen Mary, and the first ever paranormal experience he ever had was there. Oh, really? Yeah, which is what like turned him from an actual skeptic to a believer. Really? Was my boy Shane in that episode? He was, yeah, okay, he good. was, absolutely. Uh, apparently, a tube of toothpaste fell from the shelf on its own. No judgment. I also would be very terrified if things started to fly off the shelf themselves. Hmm. But yeah, that's how he, uh, he toothpaste, realized. Toothpaste, huh? <laughs> yeah, toothpaste. It gets you. So I think it'd be amazing if for one Halloween he dressed up as just a toothpaste, toothpaste, <laughs> and he just started like, Ooh. maybe I should turn into a toothpaste. <laughs> I still, ha- I still don't have Haunted a Halloween toothpaste, <laughs> like a ghost. Yeah, yeah, you should be toothpaste for Halloween. I mean, I don't know where I'm gonna find a giant toothpaste costume. We'll just make it out of aluminum foil and paint. Oh my, what? It, aluminum I mean, foil, I'm going to bake. I mean, it won't be a sexy costume, but it'll be... <laughs> I don't need a sexy costume, <laughs> but I need one that won't rip. You don't want to be sexy toothpaste? <laughs> Let's think about bad breath. Ooh, Ooh gingivitis. <laughs> so here are the deaths on the boat and hauntings. The first captain of the boat, Sir Edgar Britton, died of a stroke in his cabin in 1936. So I'm just like noting big ones that people seem to yeah. see an apparition of, so that's one of them. This guy. This Edgar. guy. Edgar Britton. All right. Was he British? He probably was, being a sir and all. 
We don't have too many Americans whose last name is Americans. Like, I'm John America. <laughs> no, it's B-R-I-T-T-E-N. Oh, Maybe it's Brighton. Britain. Britain? Brit- I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John America. <laughs> it could be. Five years later, in 1949, senior second officer William Stark died accidentally when he drank laundry detergent out of a gin bottle. Oh, man, he was way ahead of the time yeah. before Tide Pods. He's like, this will be so popular with your great-great-grandkids. He's like, dude, sketch me. <laughs> and then post it. He busts deuces as he's dying. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I guess someone had obviously reused the bottle and didn't relabel it. This actually reminds me of the time where this guy uh, was stealing luggage and... At an airport, I guess. And until one day, he stole a bag that had an alcohol a bottle inside it as well. He was really excited. He goes back to his hotel room. He oh, drinks no. it. And it turns out that it was like heroin. So somebody was smuggling drugs. Like I saw liquid this, heroin? Like liquid. <laughs> I'm just imagining he's like such a, he's like, why is this vodka powder? Yeah. Drink it anyway. I don't know what kind of bottle it was in. I'm assuming vodka or gin or something like that. Interesting. Um, I'm like pretty sure I saw this on A Thousand Ways to Die. But that's, Man, I miss that show. It's scary. The show was great. I think it was narrated by Ron Perlman. I could listen to that guy's voice all the time. Telling, telling me you. how war never changes. <laughs> and uh, how everyone died. <laughs> now, the biggest tragedy occurred on October 2nd, 1942, back in World War II. And an anti-aircraft cruiser named the Kirk... Okay, here, here's the thing. It's, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> it's spelled like Kurakoa. Okay. But people have been pronouncing it Curacao. So at the end, it's O-A, which is not correct if you're going to say Curacao because it's A-O at the end. Well, so I'm going to say Curacao just because that's just the way people seem like to do the, it. Like the liquor? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, so the Curacao was escorting the Queen Mary, who was transporting 10,000 Americans. So it was an escort ship. Mm-hmm. The Queen Mary was sailing in its usual zigzag pattern to evade submarine attacks while the Curacao was sailing on a parallel course. Each captain noted each other's presence getting closer, yet this didn't prevent the disastrous event. This is from Wikipedia. Each captain had different interpretations of the rule of the road, believing his ship had the right of way. Captain John Wilfred Boutwood of the Curacao kept to the liner's course to maximize his ability to defend the liner from enemy aircraft, while Commodore Sir, Sir Cyril Gordon Illingworth of Queen Mary continued in its zigzag pattern and expected to escort cruisers to give way. An eyewitness said, quote, We could see our escort zigzagging in front of us. It was common for ships and cruisers to zigzag to confuse the U-boats. In this particular case, however, the escort was very, very close to us. I said to my mate, You know, she's zigzagging all over the place in front of us. I'm sure we're going to hit her. End quote. <laughs> quite, quite. Quite, quite. Always a gentleman. <laughs> This was also not lost on the Queen Mary, as they also noted the likelihood of hitting the Curacao. But according to records, Illingworth told his officers, quote, carry on with the zigzags. These chaps are used to escorting. They will keep out of our way and won't interfere with you, end quote. Well, the two ships collided. The Queen Mary, quote, sliced through the cruiser in two like a piece of butter, straight through six-inch armored plating, end quote. Wow. I know. That's, I mean, like, according to witnesses, just... No hesitation, completely through the ship. So did that captain live long enough to, you know, say, my bad, or did this kill him? Oops. Uh, well, here <laughs> Oops. 
I just see him like he's going down. My bad. <laughs> this is turning for the worse. Um, many soldiers died instantly on impact, while others died from hypothermia. Unfortunately, Queen Mary had orders to continue on their path and not stop for any reason because they would have likely been shot down by U-boats. Cyril Illingworth reported the incident and rescue boats eventually showed up two hours later. So they did report it. They're like, we just hit our boat. Like, could you send help? But we can't stop. And two hours is a long time to be in the Atlantic. Yeah. There were 101 survivors, including uh, Captain Boutwood, and 337 soldiers died. Yeah, basically, hypothermia was a big cause of it. Now, who was to blame? The Admiralty, who used to be a department in the UK government, filed a writ against the Queen Mary's owner in 1943. But there wasn't a trial until 1946, where the Queen Mary's owners and crew members were exonerated from blame, and instead, all fault was placed on the Curacao's officers. See, that's what I believe. Like, it's the big old boat. Like, it's isn't that just kind of the rule? Like, it's the big boat. You pay attention to it. I mean, this is like the guy in the motorcycle saying, "I'm sure that bus will see me." (laughs) Don't you don't play that game, especially a bus that's zigzagging. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're like, wait a minute. Uh, Yeah, I suppose who's really at fault again is up for the debate. But the soldiers who died on that day is said to be hunting the Queen Mary. People have heard screams of soldiers from the Curacao coming from the boiler room. The bow of the ship, which is the forwardmost point of the ship, is also a hotspot for feeling the strong presence of the Curacao victims. That's like right where it hit, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Responses to tapping from the other side of the wall is common, but not like inside of an inner wall, like the outer wall. Yeah. So yeah. it would be very unlikely somebody was standing outside. Of course. It's an area called the propeller box, which is where you can see the propellers in the water. It's lit up and everything. It's kind of cool. When the collision happened, witnesses saw a few of the shoulders get caught up in the wake of the Queen Mary and then get sucked underneath the boat where they were dragged to the back and shredded by the propellers. Mm -hmm. Almost every time there's a tour into the propeller room, someone reports feeling uneasy, nauseous, or just like really scared. That'd be a really, really crappy way to die. A very... Assuming they hadn't been unconscious or drowned, I mean, that's the hope, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think that's the closest you can get to actually dying in a way that we saw in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. <laughs> what? Only they're not small. It's just what kills them is just way too big. It's just massive. Yeah, like when yeah. they were going to get sucked into the lawnmower or something like oh, that. Like, right. I think this is this is the real life version of that and those poor people. Yeah, it's horrible. That's for sure. No Rick Moranis, so it's no joy. So it's, there was nothing good about it. <laughs> no joy. <laughs> now here are other areas of the boat. During World War II, there was a murder on the boat. Mm. A cook was shoved in the oven by Australian soldiers and then burned to death. Was he a really bad cook? I don't know, I guess. A banging and screaming can be heard where the old kitchen used to be. So even though it's been moved, the kitchen, the haunting paranormal activity still occurs in that area That's so messed up this one i got from uh, a video i saw like the unsolved but i couldn't find anything else from it i mean someone said the cook kept like screwing up um the food and it was like a waste or something and they got fed up i don't know we'll see we'll see man i don't know if i want to go to a restaurant in australia if if like the food <laughs> sucks and they're like well you got to go kill the cook now i'm like i don't want to yeah it's like no you have to <laughs> two women accidentally drowned in the first class swimming pool it's unclear if it occurred at the same time, but my guess is that they were separate incidents because the two apparitions appear in clothing from different eras. Oh, okay. One from the 1930s and the other from the 1960s. 
Also, wet footprints have been seen in leading away from the pool, even though the pool has been decommissioned for years. Mm. It's got to be unsettling because you're just like walking around. You're like, why? Exactly. Yeah. So, but but you said people stay there now, right? Yeah. So, so yes. the pool is still is is empty now. Like, um, yeah, because I guess uh, when I when I was reading some more about it, the California regulations of pool safety and everything, it it didn't meet those requirements. It's too, uh, yeah, it's too way out of date. Something like that, and they're just like, you can't use it. Bummer. Yeah, it's kind of. I'd love to swim in a pool that like people have swam in for like, well, now almost a hundred yeah, years. Basically, that sounds awesome. That'd be pretty cool. Like, I mean, I guess then I'd have to realize I was swimming in a pool people died in. But that's actually probably <laughs> possible with almost every pool you're in. I was going to say, that's actually not a maybe uncommon thing. I don't know. Woof. Also, a little boy fell overboard near the pool and died. He still is seen wandering the passageway nearby. This next one is woof. But okay. It's caliente. Caliente. Door 13. On July 10th, 1966... The watertight doors in the engine and boiler room were ordered to be closed due to a fog. Mm. The doors would always close during a bad storm or in the event of a collision. There are 38 doors total, and it takes about 40 seconds to close. They could see that door 13 had not closed properly, so they went to go check it out. Upon arrival, they were horrified to find that one of their crew members was pinned in the door. Mm. The guy was 18 years old, and it was only his fifth shift. Uh. Yeah. When they opened the door, there were no signs of life, and by the time he arrived at the hospital, he was declared dead. No one really knows the reason he was caught in the door, but during paranormal investigations, a number of EVPs have been caught of a voice asking, where's my wrench? Leading people to believe that he might have gone back to get a tool and then miscalculated the time that he had left to get back through the doorway. Today, people have seen a bearded crew member walking around in the area that's fenced off. Back in the 80s, a tour guide was closing up, and after she was heading back to the escalator from the door 13, she felt something was off. When she turned around, there was a man following her. She immediately reached for her radio, but by the time she looked up, the man had disappeared. Some people have reported hearing someone running behind them. So basically, you're just when you're taking a tour or even just maintenance or whoever is working there. Yeah, you hear someone coming there, up rapidly. Like, really fast, and you turn around, no one's there. I can't... That one really scares me. I think that would be really terrifying. Because you almost turn around quicker because you want to make sure they're not going to hit you or something. Yeah, because like you're like, yeah. well, what's the what's the problem? Like people don't usually run for no reason, especially in these kind of areas. Yeah. Got to be quick, unless he's the Monty Python running guy. Then you got some time. Then you have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Tour guests have noticed grease stains on their clothes and skin that look like fingerprints. Ooh, that sucks. That one's really creepy and also really annoying. Got to wash it. Yeah, exactly. Let me just wash off this ghost residue. Yeah. There is an isolation ward, which is where passengers were quarantined whenever they were sick. It was also where they held prisoners temporarily. If you go there, there's an official metal sign hung up that shows how many passengers had died on board and the cause of death. Okay. There, They've also stated that these are not all the deaths, but because a lot of them wouldn't have been recorded. Yeah, the documented ones. Especially during World War II. They weren't going to like say you know, if someone was sick and died. I don't know why, but I guess not. When touring the area, people have reported getting headaches, hearing coughing, and moaning sounds. Basically, any kind of sound that a sick person would do, it's kind of there. Sometimes scratching sounds. I don't know. It's just very, very eerie. A lot of people believe that the most haunted room is the stateroom B340. 
1948, a British third-class passenger named Walter J. Adamson passed away while staying in the room. The cause of death is unknown, but ever since then, people have complained hearing voices, bed shaking, lights turning on and off, and the faucets turning on by themselves. It was so common that staff members refused to enter the room alone. Eventually, management decided to close off the room and strip everything from the inside. So if you actually walk in there, it's just like white walls. There are no other fixtures. It's just completely like nothing. No one stays in there. No one stays in there. And for about 25 years, no one had been allowed to sleep there except for the occasional ghost hunter. So people have stayed like the... Uh, Ryan Bergarish and Shane have stayed there. Oh, so they stayed in that room. They stayed in that room. Did anything happen? Nah. Figured. <laughs> well, one thing happened. Uh, Ryan never slept and kept Shane all night. That was pretty funny. Did he bring toothpaste? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he should have. So the following stories are straight from a website called travelandleisure.com. This one is the Mayfair room. They And this is someone's experience. They said... It's like kind of a review or something? It's like kind of like a review, but a personal experience sure. that what I found on here. Sure. This room was once the ship's beauty salon, but now it's used as an office space for the hotel employees. In 2001, a member of the accounting staff came in early to work at 5.30 a.m. and felt like something was off. She went about her office tasks before sitting down at her desk and feeling unusually cold. Later, she felt someone brush up against the back of her chair, but no one was there. Just minutes after that, the woman saw a transparent figure in white walk across the room and pass through the door. Needless to say, the employee grabbed her keys and fled the room until her coworkers arrived. Mm. And this one took place in the moratorium? No, it's like a Mauritania room. I don't know what that is. Me either. Okay. <laughs> Did you look it up or you're just like, it's just a room? Well, I think it's like a fancy lounge. Oh, okay. Yeah, because of what comes next. In 1989, two women were sent to clean this lounge for a VIP reception. When they entered the room, they found a guest sitting silently on the chair in the middle of the dance floor. When a third woman came in to help with the cleaning, she remarked that the guest was staring and she asked him to move. As the employee started to call security, the guest faded into thin air right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So those are more or less the occurrences that happen. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just honestly, straight up seeing apparitions is common. Always hearing weird noises. And I don't mean like, oh, like engines are cracking or so, banging, but like real human sounds and no one's around. So does it sound like most people go to stay at the Crean Mary with the intention of it being, or at least knowing this is supposed to be a haunted place? Or is it... A place a lot of people go to and a few people are interested in being haunted. I think it's, I don't know. The way it felt, it's kind of like 50-50, I'd say. Oh, Because I think a lot of people go there because of the hauntings. And then I think a lot of people go there because of the historical significance of the boat. And so this is in docked near LA, right? It is. It's in Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically, you know, it's just there. It doesn't ever leave the dock or anything like that. And people can stay there. But more often than not, if you don't want to obviously pay for a room there, you can just take a tour. And they offer like a ton of different types of tours, ghost hunting tours, like what kind of ghost hunting tours that as well. Fun. And then they also offer just like historical tours. So you don't have to listen to all that stuff if you don't want to. I want to do both. I want to do both. Although they can be lengthy, so maybe on different days. But I, I tried to find reviews like on TripAdvisor mm-hmm. or like whatever. And I couldn't find anything, especially with, like, a lot of the keywords, like, scared or haunted or whatever. Ghost, things like that. It's just, like, mostly, I didn't see a ghost, or I heard there was a ghost, or I felt like there was a ghost, but there was nothing specific. I've run into that quite a bit. I know. It's kind of a bummer, but I I did run into one that I thought was kind of funny. 
This one's by Brandon A. He posted this in August 2022. He said, very haunted. Ghosts are pretty nice. I really just came here to get possessed by a demon for no reason. <laughs> what the frick? <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> that was his review. They're nice. <laughs> like they, they walk up and ask if they can possess him, and he's like, so polite. So polite. Thank you for asking. But no, I'm waiting for a demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm busy right now. Yeah. I Yeah. So I guess he was uh, disappointed a little that they were too nice, maybe. But yes, that's my story of the Queen Mary. So do you know if it's expensive to stay there? Um, No, I totally forgot to check that. Uh, oh, but there is a movie that came out. I think it was like a couple years ago, maybe two. And it's called The Haunting of the Queen Mary, I think. Did not look very good. It didn't look mm. too much into it, unfortunately. I don't know. It could be good. But I think the score was like a four or something like that well, on IMDb. Maybe the next time you and me are out in L.A., we should stay a night. Could be expensive, but yeah, we should try. Oh yeah, we should. I mean, like if it's like a thousand dollar a night, uh, no, yeah, because that that <laughs> price alone will haunt my dreams. Oh, right, um, but That's already terrifying enough. Yeah, if it's if it's like ballpark typical hotel room, like at a decent hotel, like two hundred or something. No, that's cheap for LA. I no, I'm saying if if we can get a room for under five hundred a night, I'm okay with that. Jesus. But if it, if it goes over that, like, I won't touch it. <laughs> I don't even want to touch the 500, but I was like, you have to, if it's a very special occasion kind of hotel room, you just have to anticipate it's going to be more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. 200 a night means we're going to be like in Pomona at in... like a Best Western. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't knock Best Westerns. They're okay. They're the best. They're the, the best West. the Western can do. <laughs> well, I liked it. That was great. Queen Mary all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I always like when things have to do with World War II. I don't know why. There's something wrong with me. I but think that's it's very common for people to like that kind of stuff, their history. And apparently it's also common for guys to think about the ancient Rome. Uh, Roman Empire? Yeah, the Roman Empire pretty regularly. I don't even remember where you got that statistic. Apparently it's been all over online. People were talking about it. And I was the only person who said, yeah, I do think about it regularly. And I, I <laughs> found out I'm apparently really weird because no one else we know thinks about it. But I, it probably comes on my mind at least weekly. That's so weird. I mean, is it because it pops up on your feed or you just like are like, huh, I wonder what. Oh, I my mind likes to wander. And I think a lot about a lot of different things. But I like thinking about the historical context. Like recently I've thought a lot about how they've excavated stuff in Pompeii and they found things that are essentially the equivalent of fast food stalls that where they sold fast food mm. kind of stuff back then. I think about it, I'm like, oh, wow, it's so interesting that they had some of these weird concepts that we have now, but they had these 2,000 years ago. Right. And, and some of that stuff kind of comes up. I kind of think about the cyclical nature of, of human history. And since ancient Rome was such a long-standing and massive part of human history, but they were also for such a long period of time, the most advanced civilization for things like running water and sanitation, everything like that. Irrigation, it, yeah. It comes up pretty regularly, whereas, you know, I'm not thinking about the Mayas or the Incas as regularly because we know less about their civilization. We have less mm -hmm. preserved from it, um, things like that. But, you know, a lot of civilizations come up, and I, I think about a lot of things. I think about <laughs> Chaco Canyon, too, but I, I thought I was just kind of normal, and apparently I'm weird, so that's me. Freak. I'm just kidding. But anyway, that's a great story. So I've got an awesome story. We should take a quick break and come back with some new, new bevies and get rolling. Okie dokie. I am back with a fresh drink with the, what was the syrup that you called or like you put in? It's like Ribena, Ribena, 
I, I don't know how it's pronounced, oh, okay. but it's like it's from England and it's like a big popular soda out there. Well, either way, it tastes just like grape otter pop and I'm excited. But it's black currant. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, it's good. It's been a while, my friends. I'm excited to say that today we finally return and cover some local macabre and supernatural history because Lily and I are adamant about supporting local and that <laughs> means scares as well. Today's story comes straight from New Mexico. I found out about this story from a sheet in Lily's scary page day calendar. I like to keep them as cheats for when I'm having research difficulties because it's pretty much guides my hand to where I'm going to go. Today, I'm going to talk about the red-haired ghost of Cloudcroft Lodge. Don't let the name fool you. It sounds like a story straight from northern England, but Cloudcroft is indeed a town in New Mexico. And did I know that before researching this story? No. No, I did not. Where is that? Which is weird because apparently it's a popular area to ski, so I should have known because I used to ski a lot. But it's in southern New Mexico. I am actually kind of embarrassed. It's... It's, you know, just south of Ski Apache and whatnot. Okay. So, actually, more specifically, Cloudcroft is located on the Sacramento Mountain Range, not Sacramento, California, but Sacramento Mountain Range, in Lincoln National Forest, which is in southern New Mexico. It's not along a major interstate, which admittedly is one of the reasons me and other New Mexicans may not have heard of it. It's just east of White Sands Missile Range and National Park, the area where the atomic bomb was tested for any non-locals who just saw the Oppenheimer movie. <laughs> Cloudcroft is a small town with a population under 1,000 people, not including the tourists that come in. The town has several accommodations for the tourists that flock there in the different seasons. But Cloudcroft Lodge, or the more fancy-sounding Lodge at Cloudcroft, as they describe themselves, is the one we are paying attention to today. Their website accurately describes itself as a, quote, three-story Victorian-style elegant European mountain inn that is surrounded by huge pine trees and glorious mountain scenery, end quote. <laughs> and what better place for a haunting than a Victorian-era building, which I am beginning to think was the <laughs> epicenter of all ghost activity on Earth. Lily and me are very fond of vintage and period piece hotels that function like quasi-time capsules. So, Lily, I promise that you will want to stay here after you see the pictures. The lodge is gorgeous, and we really need to go there soon. Maybe even this winter. But, I mean, it's, oh, wow. it's so vintage looking. It's cute and quaint. It's When they how, say European Mountain Lodge, it, I, it, it looks it. How big is, I mean, like, how many rooms? Or is it a big, big lodge? It doesn't look that big. Oh, really? Uh, okay. They, most of the rooms are pretty darn booked up. So we, we might, might not be able to stay there until like March. And even yeah, then, maybe. we're lucky because we can actually stay on weekdays as opposed to weekends. And mm -hmm. that's when they're mostly full. But anyway, the lodge was built in 1899 as a place for the railroad timber cutters to stay. It burned down only 12 years later. And if other stories we have covered on this podcast are any indication, hotel fires were decently common <laughs> over 100 years ago, which makes me glad for modern safety standards and regulations. And like many of the hotels that burned down, the Cloudcroft Lodge was rebuilt in 1911, only this time as a fancy upscale hotel. It boasts having had such high-profile guests as Pancho Villa. Nice. Yeah, Judy Garland. And Cute. Clark Gable. They also have a governor's suite, which has allegedly hosted every single New Mexican governor since 1901, which I don't know about you, kind of makes the place seem lamer. But thankfully, it is redeemed by the fact that it is indeed haunted. And even more awesomely, Cloudcroft Lodge is one of the places that not only acknowledges it's haunted, 
They embrace it. Oh, good. I like that. Yeah, me too. Like many ghost stories, this one unfortunately seems skimp on specifics. We don't have a lot of exact dates, and we're also missing quite a few names. But our story began sometime during the 1930s. One of the employees at the lodge was a chambermaid named Rebecca. She was young and beautiful, and accounts recall that she was distinguished because of her bold red hair and her intense blue eyes. Remember how I mentioned that the hotel was originally built as a stay for nearby timber cutters? Well, even though the hotel may have turned into a fancier stay, the area was still awash with lumberjacks owing to the fact that the area is located in the middle of a forest. Well, one of these lumberjacks began a relationship with Rebecca. As was common for the time, Rebecca lived in a basement room at the lodge. Being a chambermaid, she would have interacted with many of the guests at a relatively small inn. Coupled with her renowned beauty, it seems only a matter of time that this would end up causing complications. (laughs) Drama. On one unfortunate night, her lumberjack boyfriend came back from work early and went to the lodge to visit his beloved. Uh Uh-oh. Only to his surprise, he found Rebecca in the passionate embrace of another man. The version of the story posted on the lodge website claims that she may have, quote, moonlighted as a prostitute, end quote. As I said, details are minimal. I'm old enough to know there is a high likelihood Rebecca had done nothing wrong and perhaps was only seen talking to a man when her boyfriend's toxic testosterone-fueled masculinity (laughs) caused the jealousy to boil deep within. Considering the time frame and gender politics of that time, I think there's every possibility the boyfriend was just being awful, which is backed up by the fact that after seeing Rebecca in whatever situation he did, he lost his head. In a blind rage, he allegedly killed Rebecca because when his murder solved anything. Right. After her murder, the boyfriend allegedly buried her body within the same basement in which she lived. Does this mean in her own room? Possibly. I don't know what the basement of the lodge looked like then or now for that matter, but her body is supposed to still be underneath the lodge to this day. It's still there? Oh my God. Could she have been a prostitute? If not... Could she have been being unfaithful? Or was the lumberjack just a jealous man ready to turn into a murderer as soon as the situation presented itself? That's really up to you to decide because it paints different pictures of who here is the victim. And why is this distinction important? Because according to legend, both of their ghosts haunt the lodge to this day. Oh, weird. It is said that Rebecca's ghost resides in the room behind the downstairs bathroom. I couldn't find any sources say that it was her original room, only that she currently stays there now. But her hauntings aren't limited to that specific room. It seems that the room ha- that that specific room has the highest level of activity, though. Thankfully, for those that have had experience Rebecca's presence, it's usually not a malevolent one. She's described as being more playful and, in some instances, mischievous. A manager interviewed on a KOAT report from October of last year claimed that her interactions are possibly flirtatious. Oh, my. Suggesting that she may indeed have been a promiscuous girl in real life, (laughs) prostitute or otherwise. Go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Many have claimed to see her spirit roaming the halls at night, her red hair and piercing eyes a dead giveaway to her identity. Doors often open and close inexplicably with no obvious wind or draft at the time. Lights have a habit of turning off and on as they do with no interference from the living. The furniture is often found in different parts of the room when guests return. There were even several accounts of ashtrays erratically moving around the table in front of watchful eyes. 
I, however, assume that these are old stories as ashtrays haven't been a part of hotels in like right. a couple decades. At least from the 80s. Right. One of the more troubling recurrences is that fires would ignite spontaneously within the fireplaces. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So in the fireplace at yeah. least. Okay, good. For historical context, it would not have been uncommon for a hotel 100 years ago to have fireplaces in each of the guest rooms. Modern codes and renovations would have remedied this, but the governor's suite still has a fireplace. But the photos do suggest it may be an electric fireplace that was put in there. Uh, you know. Oh, those, those I things. see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. The lobby, however, still has a grand fireplace, complete with a mounted elk head above it. Because, I mean, Mountain well, Lodge. Obviously. And it seems that this fireplace is still prone to lighting itself without employee intervention. Or so they say. <laughs> The Lodge's bar is known as the Red Dog Saloon. It was built in an area that used to be used by employees and included their shower space. This has become a hot spot for haunted activity ever since being built. Her reflection can often be seen in the bar mirror, and she has been accused of helping herself to the alcohol. Although, I'm pretty sure that was just a lazy... The employees are like, oh yeah, the vodka's a little lower. I bet the ghost drank it. They're like kind of drunk or yeah. something. Or they gave a little extra to like... A friend. Yeah, something like that. But like, yeah. it was totally the ghost. That's what I would say as I'm drinking. <laughs> One former bartender claims to have found 1930s era poker chips in the middle of the bar floor after having just cleaned it. Mm. Rebecca also has a reputation for partying and dancing. So she's kind of like Heck you, yeah. Lily. After the saloon closes, employees claim to have seen an apparition twirling and spinning on the dance floor, and even guests of the inn have called the front desk to complain about music from the bar long after the bar has been shut down. Oh, whoa. Yeah. On that same KOAT news report, they interviewed a couple from Texas who caught footage of some alleged hauntings, including the door to their suite opening on its own without anyone nearby. Hilariously, all of her footage, which you can see in the news bit, was completely blurry and out of focus. Oh, my God. How? <laughs> right. She wants to make sure people take her seriously. I, I guess so. She claims that it was in focus when she was recording, but on playback, it mysteriously became blurry. <laughs> Woo! Gosh, damn it. My money is it was just because she was really bad at taking video on her phone. Uh, her husband said that the more scared his wife got, the funnier he thought it was. And you can <laughs> so even, he when you're watching the video, you can even hear him laughing in the background. Oh, man. I feel like, I don't know. That's something you might do. but Absolutely. So, But she was terrified. She claimed that she stayed up until like 4 a.m. worried something was going to happen to her. Oh, my God. I do that, but I'm not scared. <laughs> That's just what I'm doing. You're like, I just want to see it. I just want to see. As for the lumberjack boyfriend's ghosts? Much less is said about him or the ghost. A male apparition has been seen in the hotel, and it seems most people assume it's the lumberjack. Could it be that he's wearing the iconic flannel shirts we associate with them? Strong arms, manly beard, and wielding an axe, perhaps? Or maybe he is just seen with women's underwear, and us Monty Python fans know what that means. <laughs> but is he malicious? One account posted on the 100% not academic or peer-reviewed site hauntedhouses.com stated, quote, Room 104, down the hall from the governor's suite 101. Another female guest, while sleeping in bed with her husband, was awakened because she was too hot. As she lay on her left side, she felt a gentle, amiable, but cold hand on her shoulder and heard a man singing, Won't you be my true love? in her ear. When she could finally get up the nerve to turn around and see what was there, she felt a cool whooshing movement, but no one was there. She right away shook her husband awake from his sound asleep, but he hadn't heard anything. Ooh. 
In fact, there were quite a few fun accounts posted on this Haunted Houses website, and I'm going to share them with you. None of these have names or dates, but are about as reliable as a weather prediction, but I thought they were fun anyway. And I'm pretty much <laughs> reading these verbatim from the site, so this is like verbatim from the site. Okay. One Halloween, a man dressed in a tuxedo, ordered two dinners, and sat by himself at a two-chaired table. Everyone watched him carefully as he ate just his dinner and talked to someone who wasn't there physically. By the end of his meal, both plates and wine glasses were empty. Oh, okay. So, but hold on. Did the apparition disappear as well? Like the guy disappeared or he was? He was, a, he was a, from what I got, he was a flesh and blood person. Oh, he's real, but the he The idea thought... is that he was, he was dining with a ghost. You'd think they could see the wine disappearing and be like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. This is probably just one of those really <laughs> dumb apocryphal but again, stories. This is also something you're like literally staring the entire time. Yeah, maybe who like, would do that? Just okay. like, look at that guy sitting by himself. I'm just going to stare at him instead of eating. <laughs> That's so mean. Right? All right, here's another one. Late one evening, as a guest was dozing off, he heard a scraping sound in the hallway. Cracking his door, he saw a woman with long red hair in a 30s style, floor-length nightgown, who was busy rearranging the flowers that were sitting in a vase, 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 on top of an antique chest that was in the hallway. So this one actually makes me really sad because if she is a ghost, you know, she's like still working. Oh, like, that's no. awful. She's like, get her make everything nice here because she was a chambermaid. Oh, yeah. She's still like on the clock. That is a nightmare. It's almost having like, to work for eternity. Well, it's like when you have a dream and you weren't work and you wake up and you're like, shit, I have to go to work. Like, I literally just I was just there. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever thought about this. They're like. And when you die, you have to work the rest of your life. I'm like, oh, hell does exist. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. A new employee who had been living in an upstairs room for about two months was getting ready to come down to work when she saw in her vanity mirror the toilet handle moving by itself to flush the toilet. Rebecca was mischievously welcoming her to the lodge, apparently. Creepy. So, phantom fl- toilet flush, that seems a little far-fetched. She's like, flush your toilet. Yeah, so I like this one more, though. One bartender, this one is also bathroom-related. One bartender, a Miss Crosby, ran to use the downstairs bathroom used by the Red Dog Saloon patrons. The lights wouldn't turn on, and she was alone. After using the toilet, she discovers that there is no toilet paper, and she shouts out an expletive phrase, Oh, shit. Much to her surprise, a white, ghostly hand appeared under the doorway with a roll of toilet paper, trying to be helpful in a humorous way. Oh, my God. Petrified, she ran upstairs with her pants half on. Oh. <laughs> I can't imagine a worse situation. <laughs> she was like, ghost was handing her toilet paper. And obviously, she hasn't wiped at that point. Well, no, just she's saying. just still uh, still there. Just I'll just say that. Free, free butting it. It's just, and yeah, so she's naked. Mm-hmm. With poo. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it. I'm assuming it's poo. I'm guessing. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not clean is all I'm saying. Yeah. I probably would have taken the toilet paper. I'd been like, this is too embarrassing. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to clean up first and then I'll scream. Yeah. And then I'll get to the crazy. All right. Here's another one. The governor's suite, which is room 101, seems to be a favorite place of Rebecca's to play telephone tricks on the staff. Despite having a modern computerized phone system, the desk will get a call from 101 and no one will be at the other end, and no one is staying in the room. Mm, that's cool. That could totally be a prank from employees to other employees, I guess, though. I guess that's true. If I, yeah, if you're going to pull a prank, that would be the easiest. Absolutely. After a former housekeeper would make up a bed, she would come back and find the indentation of a person who had sat or laid down on top of the bed. Apparently that happens a lot. Mm, 
That's one's creepy because it could have been a real person and uh-huh. they're just like hanging out in your Either room. way. I'm like, you're I like, don't like this at all. This shouldn't be happening. <laughs> right. And then she has to keep working. Like, I gotta tidy this up. Exactly. Worst. The basement area is also a favorite spot for Rebecca. Back in 1982, Mr. Sanders had just become the owner of the lodge. Because of a temporary housing mix-up, the Sanders decided to keep their spare clothes and chests in an empty, they thought, storage room. One night, as they unlocked the room to get their clothes, they noticed a glowing light moving in the back of the room. When he got to the back of the room, their trunks had been moved, and a once-sealed interior door was now wide open, which led to a room where the light had been shining from. Following the light into an old bathroom, the faucet suddenly started to pour water into the sinks at a furious rate. Mm. So he's like, eh. That sounds mischievous, not necessarily scary, but, you know. Waste of water. Thanks a lot. All right, so those are all the stories that I was just reading from the Haunted (laughs) Houses website. But as I said earlier, one of my favorite parts of the story is that the lodge embraces the fact that it is haunted. They have a picture of her in the lobby, a stained glass window tribute to her, and even named the lodge's restaurant after her. Oh, cool. Okay. Sure, it not being a malicious ghost helps. So, I mean... It's easy to embrace when it's supposed to be, you know, not a dick. Yeah, because if they're like, you know, if ghosts are really hurting the patrons or whatever, it's not something you want to tell people like, hey, you might get your hair hair pulled or like stabbed, whatever. But that said, there really isn't such a thing as bad publicity, especially when you're a business. Because even if it is malicious, that's going to bring some people there. It'll bring a different crowd, I think. And how many people are willing to admit, I'm not going to stay there because I'm worried a ghost is going to attack me. No one's going to take you seriously. So they're like, I'll stay. So yeah, it's not going <laughs> to hurt. Might as well. And I, like I said, no b- bad publicity. The whole reason I found out about this place is because of the ghost. So I'm like, it worked. Because now cool. I want to stay there. This place looks amazing. You have no idea how cool this place looks. It looks like a nice, cozy little lodge. Oh, I so. really want to stay there. Hold on. If I stay there, are you going to make me ski? Well, it depends when we go. If it's during... Ski season, I might be pushy, but uh, a lot of people go all times of year. Because, I mean, it's in the middle of the forest. People go on hikes. There's a golf course. We don't golf, but, you know, there's stuff to do. Oh, okay. Um, it's about, okay with that. It's about, like, three and a half hours from here. So, it's about the same length of time as to Durango, just in the opposite direction. Gotcha, so. gotcha. I'm down either way. I've never skied before, but, which is probably why I've never even heard of this town either. It looks like a really mild ski resort, too. Like, really mild. It doesn't look like it's a super steep or crazy. Oh, okay. It looks like, it might be a good beginner mountain. Yeah, me we'll and these, these old knees. These we'll old see. knees. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. But anyway, that's my story. The apparently beautiful ghost of Cloudcroft Lodge. Who, uh, <laughs> man, why is that so hard for me to say? Say it again. Cloudcroft. You want to say Cloudcloft. Cloudcroft. 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 Yeah. No, I can't. It, it, I can already feel my mouth having a hard it's time. It's weird. I, my yeah. tongue does weird things. <laughs> so that's my story. Yay. I liked it. I really liked it. All right. So this is the moment in the podcast. If you guys don't care about movie discussion, thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you next episode. If you're here for the movies, though, now it is time for us to discuss... The first section of movies from our 31 Days of Horror. We're not going to go as in-depth as we've done in the past. We're going to just kind of rapid-fire these because, you know, we fear that's that's a better way to do it. And uh, especially since all, some, some, not all, but uh, some we've already seen and probably discussed. Absolutely. So yeah. the first movie that we jumped in on, we, we actually talked about some of these already, didn't we? We talked about a little bit. Okay. Yeah, because we mentioned the first week, and I don't know if we actually talked about them. Yeah, so the first movie we watched was a brand new movie. It's a Hulu exclusive. It's about aliens and alien abductions. It's called No One Will Save You. 
the trailers looked really good. We weren't sure what to expect. I loved this movie. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna say we did talk about what it was about, but we haven't talked about what we thought because yeah. a lot of them are new. So you loved it. I really liked it too. The only thing the I have a weird. gripe about, yeah, is the ending. I've since thought about it more and more, and I just don't think I like it that much. I'm okay with the ending. I think it leaves some to interpretation, but I do feel like the ending was let down compared to the quality of the rest of the film. Yeah, I agree. And it's a little like cryptid, crypt, not cryptid, cryptic. cryptic yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is something that I just, I I like it when something is left to the imagination, maybe. Yeah. Like if they, if they like maybe panned out and you can see the world being completely being taken over you're like oh, okay so it's just we're gonna just assume humanity is over yeah but it kind of went in a weird way yeah. which could lead you think thinking that's what happened slash maybe not i don't know depending on what kind of thoughts you have um i'd say one of the weirdest things about the movie that i didn't even realize until close to the end is there's only like two lines of dialogue in the whole mm-hmm. movie and that's not like a shtick it's not like the quiet place or anything you don't even realize something's not being said because you know, it's about a girl who's kind of by herself and weird alien stuff starts happening to her. So there really isn't a re- reason that They're she needs actually, to be talking. It's a, it's pretty impressive. They they somehow, well, not somehow, they made a great movie and... With a lot plot. A, a, a lot, lot of... A lot of plot. <laughs> a lot of plot. A lot plot. Yeah. And it, in the circumstances that this girl was in, there literally was no reason for her to talk. Yeah. So with everything going on, it made sense why mm-hmm. it was happening. And like... Again, like you said, you don't really notice it, and it's because so much is going on anyway. Yeah, but I'd say despite the weird ending, I do recommend it to people. If you already have Hulu, it's it's free. Give it a shot. You may hate the ending, but I think even if you do, getting there is a good part. So a good ride. So you should give that a shot. Yes, and then the next day was Tremors. I Classic. Think we've talked about it. It's amazing. It's got the Baconator. Yeah, it's got Baconator. It's got big old worms that sense you underground they come in after you it's a fun creature feature seriously at this point if you haven't seen it just do it it's it's a classic the sequels i'm not speaking about those but the original it's a classic i actually like the second one too uh, but that's just me and then we had on the third we had barbarian which is one of my favorite horror we have already talked time. about it on the podcast yeah. so we're not gonna, so we're not gonna like, do go that into again, detail you, you should absolutely watch it and if you don't know anything about it trust me don't read about it just watch it. Yeah. It's so much better not knowing that's how it was with me. It's just a great movie. Right. Then we watched Zombievers. Also talked about before, yeah. I think. Cheesy. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be ridiculous. You got to go in with that just mindset. enjoy the ride. It's obviously going to be like silly and, and crazy, but. Teen um, scream, boobies, teen scream. blood, gore, <laughs> everything that you yeah. want. Oh my God. And then, okay, so now now we need to get to a very important point, and this is where I need to put in a disclaimer for all of you that is that are following along. There are several movies on this list that we haven't seen that have appeared on other, like, best of horror lists or horror that you need to watch lists, and we've put them on here, and so far two of these have turned out to not be what I would consider horror films. I know, I'm pretty bummed about that. Yeah, and so the first one like that was, on the fifth we watched Battle Royale, a Japanese film. Now, this movie was considered a classic i've heard about it for you know 20 years 20 plus years everyone raved about it i was pretty excited to watch it with lily and it's supposed to be like one of the uh, the stories that influenced the hunger Games story which you know that's all kinds of fun so this was my first time seeing it It was your first time seeing it 
I don't mean to offend anyone who really likes this. I hated this movie. I really didn't like it. I thought it was also edited weird. Yeah. And some of the... I I have a huge problem. This is like a personal thing. I don't know if any of you guys feel the same way, but I hate repetitive flashbacks. So like if you see a flashback and it happens and you're like, oh, okay, that's a flashback. But then it keeps happening again and again and again. And there aren't that many differences. So you're just kind of seeing the same thing in weird times. That's what this movie kind of did. That's gripe number one. Yep. <laughs> There's so many more. But I would say that's like something that stood out that I just kept getting annoyed about. Mm-hmm. And then number two... It's, it is about kids killing each other, but it felt like rapid fire. I didn't have a lot of time to We didn't care, care about, any of the about kids. anyone. Yeah, it's just kind of like whatever. They didn't have enough time to have a personality, so it just seemed like an excuse for ultraviolence. And I have to understand, in the context of the day, this may have been a much more enjoyable movie when it came out, and it might have and had, had much more impactful things. Yeah, two friends have said... Um, they used to like it. They actually saw it in high school... And they liked it, and then they saw it again very recently. And they it's, they said it lost a lot. And they're like, wow, it's kind of silly now. It doesn't yeah. really translate. So I do feel bad that I didn't see it at the time. But anyway, uh, if, if you liked the movie, that's great. It just wasn't for us. Right. We saw it at the wrong time. Yeah. It just didn't work. I think in the year 2000, it might have been. A, it hit different. And, and we, we would have been different people. We would have been a lot younger. Maybe yeah. more like, wow, that, that would be scary. Okay, and then on the 6th, it was Nosferatu. Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> real quick we didn't watch it it got really busy that day and we haven't even double featured it i don't know why we've been pretty crazy like busy in the afternoons and at night and everything but we're still gonna see it and i bet sean's rolling his eyes because he saw it and he's like it was pretty slow <laughs> and he's like you made me watch this damn it and i've seen it i love i've the never movie. seen it we are gonna watch oh, it. oh you we- have seen it oh yeah i've seen it like three times Oh, I didn't know that. I love this movie, but it is a silent film, and silent films can be hard for you. I grew up with my parents showing me silent films, so I it's it's a very normal feeling to me. But I can see how for most people it's hard. I'm gonna force you to watch it. We just oh, I am going to watch it. Time, Don't worry. And hopefully within the next day or two, time just yeah. got away from us. It really did. Um, I said earlier we we hadn't missed a film. I had forgotten we had missed this. Yeah, so we this did one miss we did. one film. Back to the last movie. When we watched Battle Royale, we had a friend come over. Our friend Mikey came over and watched it with us. He was one of the guys who said it, it's not as good as he remembered it. Yeah, he was um, the one who said, yeah, he saw it in high school, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the reason I brought that up is on the 7th, we watched the original Alien movie. And our friend Tyler came over and brought his adorable daughter. Little baby. Who's like five months, four months? Mm, five, maybe? So it's not her first horror movie, but... I have to admit, I was spending more time paying attention to the cute baby than I was to the movie. But I've seen this movie a million times, so it was great. And obviously, she slept through half of it. Noises weren't bothering her, so it was pretty adorable. But, Man, I wish I could sleep like her. Dang. But it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I said this before. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's like the best science fiction horror. We, ha- I have no complaints about this movie. It it launched one of my first celebrity crushes of all time, which was Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, who I still have a crush on. But Of course. You know. She's amazing. Who doesn't? All right. Now, this is where things are getting exciting because on the 8th, we watched Land of the Dead, Mm -hmm. which is a zombie movie from George A. Romero who kind of launched the genre with Night of the Living Dead. This was a movie he made in the aughts. And I had seen it in college. I didn't remember much except that you kind of see zombies who are kind of becoming smart again after being zombies for a while. And I was really excited for this movie yeah, me and too. And I don't know quite how to feel because there was a lot to like. 
I mean, John Leguizamo being one of the heroes in it, and he's like top tier actor for me. I, I if I ever made, yeah, movies, you're like a big fan. I'm a huge fan yeah. of John. Leguizamo. Like he's one of my favorite actors of all time. If I made a movie and I was able to pick any actor in the world, he'd be on my like short list of five that I want on that in my movie. I don't nice. even care. I don't have a role yet. Yeah, he would be in it. <laughs> There was cool things with the movie, but it's a very different kind of zombie. I've realized I'm very much a fan of the 28 Days Later, Fast Infection, rabies Chaotic. type zombies. Yeah. And this was very much more like the Night of the Living Dead zombies, which makes sense considering the context. But they're kind of just, they they amble they amble around kind of slowly going, uh, and like if, if they're a butcher, I, I've used this analogy before, they're going to have a cleaver with them and they're just going to try to hit things with their right. cleaver. Kind of Resident Evil video game zombies. It kind of, it's like a, well, the whole point of the movie, and I think you basically realize this pretty quickly, is that the zombies start to kind of mimic, or have been, their past life, or like yeah, when they were alive. They're kind of coming back to they're humanity, coming back, but still zombies. Like, 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 you can tell, like, whatever is firing in the brain is kind of coming back, and certain types of repetitive be- behaviors is the first sign, and then they kind yeah. of become more cognizant and I, it's very weird and there's a leader zombie who there's hates like, yeah, seeing main. other zombies being killed so he like starts leading a charge to the this human settlement that's surrounded by a water or water yeah. or something and there's some really cool ideas here i guess i was just struggling with the types of zombies but it is a silly movie you know it has some over the top stuff it's meant to be campy it's campy and yeah. i think it works in that context i don't think the movie hit as hard as it should have with you know I, I wanted it to hit a little hard. I, I, I'm not sad I saw it. It's not a bad movie by any stretch of the word, but it also didn't feel like a stellar movie either. I think for me, it's because it came out like maybe two, I can't remember how many years after Dawn of the Dead. Uh-huh. And that was a very 28 Days Later-ish kind of movie. It was somewhere in between. The zombies, I'd say, it was halfway is. between. They're not You're as right. fast, but they were a lot more threatening. Right. I wasn't, th- I didn't feel threatened by these zombies. I kind of looked at them and said, I, I wouldn't be really worried about you zombies. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm more worried about getting tetanus than I am from those zombies. Yeah, I'm but worried that we don't have antibiotics now, so. I'd say it's a, you should watch it if you love zombie movies, but if you, if zombie movies don't necessarily float your boat, it may not be for you. Mm-hmm. And being the kind of person who likes camping movies is definitely going to be a bonus on that one. That's true, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then on the ninth, we saw Coherence. It is. It was new to us, and I'm it's, really happy we watched it. And it's shown up on all our lists of like, you should watch this, you should watch this, and we finally did. Holy cow, this movie's awesome! I love this movie. It's such a like psychological crazy, but you it's know, once fuck. once it like obviously progresses, you understand more what's happening, even though it's absolutely insane what's happening. So the situation, even though you understand it, you're still like. I can't believe this is happening. So it's a dinner party horror film. It's a bunch of people at a dinner party. The power goes out. A couple people go to a house across the street because the light's still on. And when they come back, they tell you that house is this house. And all of you were sitting in there. And even we were there. And you start to realize weird things are happening. Yeah. And it's I don't want to tell way more than that because it's kind of the main plot of the movie, like right. the important stuff that you figure out and you kind of figure it out with them, but it is a psychological movie. Most of it takes place with people sitting around the dining room table area. There's death, there's murder, there's craziness. There's it's, series. Yeah, it, it's got some wow moments that maybe you predicted it, maybe you didn't. It's good acting, good everything. It feels like an indie flick that had a, a really ambitious script that I think they succeeded That they with. were able to execute. Like if this 
if this film didn't have a big budget to like maybe do whatever they really wanted to, I can kind of see how they could have possibly made it more grandiose yeah. or whatever. But I think honestly how they kept it, if that was even in the intention, maybe it was brilliant. And I would say, unlike battle Royale, this is one of those movies that has appeared on all these lists. And I actually agree with it now. Yeah. Having seen, I'm like, yep, this belongs on a lot of those best science fiction lists, best horror lists. It's all of it. And it, and it works. Oh yeah. All right. Then the next day, <laughs> Oh my God. I, we watched hereditary and I've seen it before. First time I'd seen it, I had been drinking. I was stone sober this time. And I remember it being a freaky movie, being stone sober, way freakier. This movie messes me up. It really bothers me. I know it messed you up. I totally I had nightmares that coming. night. I had nightmares that night. Yeah. I yeah. remember you being like, I hate this. I mean, you hate it in the sense that like it actually scared you hate, but it's, it's a marvelous, movie, but, but it's, it's amazing, yeah. right? Like it's a great movie. Some incredible acting. Uh, so Tony Collette plays like a hero, a heroine, a protagonist, not necessarily a heroine. Yeah, she's not a heroine, I would yeah, say. She, she's a she's a protagonist that you both are rooting for, but also hate. And actually you could say that with all the characters, you kind of root for them, but you also kind of hate all of them at the same time, but you hate them for weird reasons, not because they're bad people, but because they go about things in a way that feels like their personality, but you don't agree with it. But How they also, handle stressful situations. And you don't know about. because like it actually is a justifiable way of them approaching a situation that you don't agree with because you're not in that situation. So because of their like kind of messed up lives, mm-hmm. they're behaving kind of poorly, but that is a product of the scenario. Yeah. And you don't see that because you're like, ah, like why are you acting this way? But that's because we're not fucked up in the head. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it kind of makes sense. It's amazingly written. Great movie. I mean, so this, this is going to have some spoilers here. Cause you know, we just need to talk about it. There's a scene in which her daughter's head gets knocked off. I think most people, even if they haven't seen the movie, know that part. Yeah. It, it hits hard. That scene hits hard, but I'd say the scene that hit me the hardest is when the book gets thrown into the fireplace and the husband bursts into flames. Yeah. That's really hard because he was the guy I rooted for the most. Oh, yeah, of course. Because he was the most logical and he seen those kind. And funny enough story, he's the same guy who played the devil in End of Days, <laughs> the the only New Year's themed horror movie I know of and is also awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that scene was really hard for me. And there were just so many scenes where I went, what the fuck? Like when the son wakes up and you can see the mom in the background and she's like <gasps> curled on the ceiling. Yeah. And it's silent and it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. She does like a, what was that movie? Hidden Dragon, something like that. Oh, there's Crouch and Hidden Dragon kind of had the thing. Yeah. She totally hand. like Did the, yeah, the feet. Ninja her way yeah. out of there. I don't even know. And I mean, there's just some images that I can't get out of my head, like the decapitated bodies kneeling before the devil creature. That was a yeah. cool scene. I really liked that scene. Yeah. So that stuff's really, really hard to get out of my head. It was an incredible movie. It's like Coherence. It's a good example of just really, really intelligently mm-hmm. written horror. It's not shock value. There is shock stuff in it, but for a very specific plot purpose. And it just works. Yep. I, I, one of the best horror movies of recent years. Highly recommended. And then on the 11th, we saw Disturbia. So there seems to be some contention about this movie. <laughs> We've heard. Yeah, we, we heard some feedback about this movie being a <laughs> Disney Channel horror. Uh, All right. I know Shia LaBeouf was in it. So, yes, he was on Disney. <laughs> breaks, you got me. It breaks my heart a little bit because I love this movie. But I had to admit, after I heard that criticism... I really do like Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. And 
the movie does have a slow start, but it's not slow to me because I actually could just watch an entire movie of Shia LaBeouf being a lame teenager and I'd probably enjoy it. And if you're, if you don't like Shia LaBeouf, I could imagine that the beginning of this movie is really dull. And so I can see it. Like after I heard the criticism, I was like, oh, I see it. I get that. If you're expecting like instant murder stuff, Mm -hmm. then no, you're not going to get that. It's slow to start. And then when it gets there, it's, it gets really fast. But if it takes you too long to get there, I can see that being a problem. That said, I still love this movie. I think it's absolutely awesome. It has a really cool ending, and it's very much got an aughts teen movie, but it's not ridiculous. It's not like a teen scream. It has mm-hmm. teenagers in it, and the music and the styles feel very much like I think it's when just like, we were in college. And I liked I just, it. Yeah. It's comfortable. If you're not from the age group where you were either in high school or in college during this time, I can see it not having that nostalgia value, and that's not going to push it. But it did for us. I recommend it to anyone to give it a shot, but it's not for everyone. Yeah, I put it on the list because we hadn't seen it in years. And I just, I remember liking it and I still do. Yeah, we rented it through Amazon and we liked it so much that we just bought the (laughs) Blu-ray of it. Yeah, we did. Because I'm like, I'm going to keep watching this movie. Yeah, it's going to be a comfort movie. All right, the next movie on the 12th was Incantation, which was, uh, we weren't sure at the time, but now we know it's Chinese. They're speaking. It's uh mandarin they're speaking mandarin cantonese i I can't remember what you i think it's mandarin i'm almost positive they're speaking mandarin this movie it's not bad but i didn't like it there were parts that i thought were really well done i actually liked the movie there's a lot of good things just a little long way too long um there were parts that i felt like didn't need to be there and there were even some parts that were a little confusing like they were a little out of order and I can tell like they were maybe being more like mysterious about it, but it just kept getting dragged on a bit. Yeah. And I well, don't know. and that, that was a complaint that I had. We talked about it right afterwards. The biggest problem with this movie is a lot of it's shown out of order. It is. Yeah. Intentionally. But the issue is they're skipping very important parts of the plot and not in a way where it feels like you get a really satisfying reveal at the end. No, they're skipping parts of the plot that you really want to know just so that you can engage with the movie more. And they're hiding it from you, which seems like they're trying to make it a tease, but it doesn't feel like a tease. It feels like bad writing. And so I, I was very upset. And once I hear everything at the end, I was like, well, this isn't. This isn't shock value plot. This is basic plot that I should have been given earlier. The buildup wasn't done well, in my opinion. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a reveal. It's just like, yeah. I was like, yeah, we've been waiting. Hurry. Like, thank you. Finally. There's moments that are creepy. There's good stuff in there. The acting seemed good as far as I could tell. Uh, It's always hard whenever people are speaking a different language to know how good the acting is because we're not as familiar with, like, intonation and stuff within the language. But it seemed good to me. It seemed good. There was some creepy stuff in it. My biggest complaint with this movie is they did the whole thing where at the end they're kind of like, and now you're cursed to you, the viewer, because you've seen these symbols and heard these incantations. That they've been like drilling in you. That's kind of another thing. That's what I didn't like. It goes back to what I was talking about with Battle Royale, where they're like repeating certain things over and over again, like like a like a, a memory or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah. or they're just like... And remember the incantation. And you're like, mm. I know, I've already heard it like a million times. Yeah. And I would say I find that kind of reveal at the end, like the now you're cursed. I think it's rude. And the reason I think it's rude is people love to watch scary movies to feel scared, but they also know they're watching a story. They're watching something. And you can imagine someone who likes horror movies but might be sensitive or worried about things. And I know some people are going, well, why are they watching horror movies? But there's kind of a certain level in my mind. 
And you watch this movie, and at the end, they're saying, now you're cursed. That that can come off a little bit upsetting because they're just saying, we hate you, the viewer, who's watching mm, our movie. Right. Because we're trying mean. to scare you because it's no longer, I saw a scary story, and now I'm thinking about the story. They're trying to make it like it's real, and now you're to me, part of it. that's just a, a personally cheap. a cheap scare. But I also think it's rude to the viewer, too, because sure. that's a different level. They're not going to a, a haunted house to feel like they're personally being scared. Sure. Like, for their life. They're watching a movie. That was like a haunted house scare in a movie which was a cheap but b it just felt rude to the audience i i, I didn't see. like it and it made me roll my eyes and yeah just, to me it was just cheap i'm like oh that's what you're gonna scare me with because that doesn't really work with me yeah so i was like but it whatever. does work with some people it does and, and i think and I can not see in what a you good mean. way not in a good way now they're like oh no paranoia yeah because then they're not that. thinking about oh was the movie good they're scared for their own life and they're Aww. not enjoying like you're just ruining it's there's nothing good about it well now that makes me sad yeah all right, on the 13th, obviously, because it was Friday the 13th, Lily put the classic OG Friday the 13th. I actually wasn't planning on putting it on this year, and then I saw... A Friday the 13th, had <laughs> well, to do like, it. I gotta do it. Once again, we've talked about it many times in the past. It is my favorite slasher film. I know it's not the best slasher film, but that doesn't mean it's not my favorite. It right. is my favorite. Always good to see. I'll watch any movie with Kevin Bacon at least once. We had two Kevin yeah. Bacon movies this this uh, month, so we're pretty lucky. But the one thing I can say that happened is every time I watch Friday Thirteenth, the the main girl, the 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 final girl, the girl mm-hmm. who survives, every time I see it, it's always in my head. I'm like, she looks like somebody. She looks like somebody, and I could never find out who it was. And I kept going through my head every time I see this movie. Is it someone we know in real life that she looks like? Is it <laughs> is it is it another thing? And then all of a sudden, boom! It there was just one shot where I see her face, and I realize she looks like Allison Hannigan. Yeah, she kind of does. She was like the band geek from American Pie. And so now, once that happened, this like feeling of relaxation went over my body. I was like (laughs) years and years of wondering, and it was just finally there. So now this movie was, I think it's funny that she looks like the girl who said this one time at band camp. Yeah. Is the only one who survived her camp story. At, uh, At camp. At camp. So I think that's pretty cool. Anyway, if you haven't seen that movie, you should absolutely watch it. But you gotta have an open mind if you're not used to watching... A 1980s slasher film. Really campy. It's it's a specific kind of vibe. It's like if you don't like metal and someone tells you to listen to a metal album, you got to put yourself in the mindset to listen to that metal album or you're going to hate it. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. We did a Redemption Day on the 14th. So that's what it's called, Redemption Day. We did Babadook. Yeah, we had three movies. We were going to try to watch three. We had Babadook, Pontypool, and Insidious. We tried to watch Pontypool. That wasn't we available. We couldn't find it anywhere. Nothing. No, no, couldn't even rent it. The, well, they, I think it was on AMC, and I was not subscribing to AMC. So oh, I guess technically, yes. We were almost about to watch Insidious, but we were we watched Babadook first, and we were so frustrated by the end of that movie. We were like, no, screw this. We're doing something else today. And we watched Is It Cake? Yeah. season two on Netflix instead <laughs> be, because I, you know, we gave it a redemption. We gave Baba Duke a second viewing because everyone always talks about how good it is. It's like on, on the top 100s, not like in a list of 100s, but it's usually like top 10 or and, some crap. And if you like that movie, that's awesome. And I envy you that you like this movie because I wish I could like it because I feel like I'm missing out on something, some, some important thing, but I cannot stand this movie. Yeah. I never want to see this movie again. I think you hated it more this time. Oh, much more. Whereas I, I stayed still equally like, ah, I don't like it. If you weren't watching with me, I would have stopped it halfway through and said, no, 
because wow. I can't stand it. The little kid in it is the worst. He's the worst thing that's ever happened to movies. Sure. Um, okay. It's not <laughs> scary. The monster is not scary. The plot is not interesting to me. I just don't buy any of the characters. You see the characters switching who they are. The kid switches from being the most annoying kid in the world to eventually being like a nice kid, but it doesn't feel like a gradual switch. It feels like two scripts got taped together. And same thing with the mom. Mm. I just don't like this movie. I don't know what it was, but I think this time around, I felt kind of bad for the kid at some point. I think they really try to make it sympathetic, but they made the kid just slightly more annoying than what sympathy can provide. But anyway, either way, I still don't like it. I wish I did. Because it's very important, I guess. I, don't I know. do still want to watch Insidious. I do too. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. But we, we haven't done that yet. And then on the 15th, we watched Freaks, the second movie that was promised horror, but was not. At least unlike Battle Royale, this movie was awesome. It's true. I did like it a lot. I just I even said it to you after we watched it. I said that was the best X-Men movie I've ever seen. And then when we looked it's it up, movie. people agreed. They're like, yes. People were saying like, the same thing on yeah. Reddit. <laughs> They're like, best Jean Grey interpretation. Yeah, because it really is better than any X-Men. The only other X-Men movie that comes close is Logan. But I was just saying, it's about people with powers and everything. And it seemed like a horror movie for the first 20 minutes. It really did. Creepy. And then all the horror stuff disappears. I love this movie. I'm so glad I saw it, but it's not a horror film. We apologize to all you who are like, ooh, this is the horror movie we're going to watch. Yeah. It wasn't horror, and I'm sorry. Oopsie. It was on a top 100 list. It was like 40. I don't yeah. know. And I can't remember if it was IMDb or uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Either way, I was like bamboozled a little bit, I think. So, yeah. oh well. Well, and like Shia LaBeouf, I'm a big fan of Emile Hirsch, even though a lot of people hate him because he apparently has some problems outside of acting. I... I had heard like literally nothing. And then you told me and I was like, Ike. Yeah, it's really bad. (laughs) That said, he's an amazing actor. So I like watching the stuff that he's in and he was great in this movie, but uh, great movie, not a horror film. So we don't need to go in depth into this. We like, it's just imagine people with powers, but in a very realistic, creepy way. And it's, it's good. Yeah. Very good. And then on the 16th, we watched Overlord and I, We had apparently seen this, but what happened is that... I saw 10 minutes and blacked out because I was so drunk. Because, no, we fell asleep. Well, that's what, to me, falling asleep because I'm drunk and blacking out, they do the same thing to my memory. Okay, they do the same thing, but it's different. Yeah, at least I'm not doing stupid things when I'm asleep. No, we were just unconscious, and that's what happened to me, and I did see, like, a little part in the middle because I remember waking up and, like, oh, this movie's still on. I'll keep watching, and then I passed out anyway because I don't remember what happened at the end, Point being, I'm glad we rewatched it because it was really good. It was amazing. And I went in with low expectations because me too. <laughs> it's a World War II movie, which I love World War II stuff, but it's not a real World War II movie. It's a World War II fictional horror slash sci-fi movie. And usually when you mix other genres with World War II, in my experience, it's not good. Quality kind of fades. I mean, it's like they don't take a lot of the World War II aspects, the accuracies as, as seriously. And, and I think they did yeah and for me you can call me a lamo or being dumb but since i love world war ii history and i love world war ii movies watching one watching movie where it looks like they took no effort or care to know anything about it feels i don't handle that well i'm sure a lot of other people mm. it's not a problem and i'm just gonna sound like pompous for saying that but this movie really felt like they they hammered it down like everything related to the world war ii elements felt impressively accurate 
accurate or good or respectful at the very least. So it allowed me to fully fall into the movie and let the movie take me where it wanted to. And that was a B movie monster horror body horror film. Yeah. And it's got some really cool stuff. Like it's got some good action scenes. It's got some good, great acting, great acting. I mean, there's that. Yeah. there's actors you've seen in this. Like, we're not talking, like, super big-name actors, but there's actors who you've seen in other things in this. It was... Mm-hmm. I, I went in expecting to give this, like, one out of five stars, and I left saying three and a half to four stars. Wow. Nice. I, I want to watch this movie pretty regularly. This is this is pretty awesome. Oh, Great I'm happy. Movie. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Good to have a, a, a weird World War II horror film. I'm all about it. <laughs> and then today, which is when we're recording... Right after we record, yeah. We're going to watch Midsummer, so we will see. I've never seen it. Yeah, I, I haven't either, but it looks good. I will have to say, going back to Overlord, <laughs> I love how when we were watching it, you said they broke the zombie rule because they're kind of creating zombies, kind of. They're kind of zombies, mm. but destroying their brain did not stop them because no. that, that's not why they're zombies. And you were like, they broke the zombie rule. And for some reason, it made me love the movie more because I was like, because it doesn't have to be that way. They can create their own I wasn't upset. undead I was, monsters. I wasn't upset. It's just that, like, for once, the characters actually hit them in the head, you know, at one point or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not, like, trying to figure out what's going on, not, not knowing what zombies are, but still doing it anyway because their soldiers are like, well, headshot, why not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it didn't work. And I'm like, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> What's happening? He's still alive. Yeah. But fireworks. But, but fire and does And explosions. Work. Yes, uh, as I've understood. They always should. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> Long pause. Yeah, I'm just feeling that one. All right, anyway. So those are the movies that we have seen so far. Hopefully we didn't ramble too much and we tried to minimal minimize all the super crazy spoilers. Hopefully, if you've watched along, our conversations made sense. If you didn't know what these <laughs> movies were, our conversations would be like, well, they're kind of talking about actors doing stuff, but I have no idea what it is. Right, because so, we're like that. trying to teeter that not spoiling, but want to talk about it kind of thing. And if you don't know what we're talking about, oops. So for any of you who joined us for that movie list, thank you guys. And we hope that you keep sending us your thoughts and comments and everything like that. And we're happy to go in depth and talk to, if anyone wants to send us an email or a text or anything about this, we'd love to talk more about it. We just don't want to talk everyone's ear off right now. After next episode, we're going to talk about the movies we've done up to that point, which mm. at this rate will probably be the rest of them. Yep. And I'm hoping that you guys are at least enjoying the list. Uh, let me know. Cause I am actually curious. Text me, send a message to Instagram. I don't know. At least let me know which one you like the most. Cause that's always shocking to me. Not shocking. And what in a bad you like the least. Too. And what you like the least. Because I have such different opinions. We all do. And I like hearing about them. So let me know. And and yes, the two that aren't horror, we do apologize. They won't We've make it on a future list. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you liked at least one of them. But yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys for joining us here at Hair of the Werewolf tonight. If you have any comments or questions, please drop us a line at hotwpodcast at gmail.com. To any new listeners, we hope you enjoyed it. And make sure to catch our next episode or deep dive into any of our other almost 100 episodes. For our longtime listeners at work or driving, have a safe day. And for those of you that are drinking, we hope your tomorrow isn't too rough. But if it is, don't worry, because the best cure for a hangover is fear.